Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to this special breaking news episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Robert Durst. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. I'm joined by my co-host, Brittany Bookbinder. On the morning of Thursday, July 29th, just before the prosecution began presenting the last part of their case against Robert Durst, the defense team presented evidence of Robert Durst's declining health in support of one final motion for a mistrial. In a hearing this morning, the defense called Dr. Keith Klein, who specializes in internal medicine and kidney disorders. Back in May, the defense presented a report from Dr. Klein that outlined Robert Durst's various maladies, This morning, under questioning from Dick DeGaron, Dr. Klein reiterated the conditions he noted in his report. Based on your records review and based on your two examinations of Mr. Durst, would you please outline for us briefly each um, significant medical condition that he has that could affect his physical abilities to withstand trial and his cognitive abilities. Would you tell us what those conditions are? The first is that he has normal pressure hydrocephalus, and he had a shunt placed about six or seven years ago. So he was treated, and 50% of people within six, seven, eight years will have some sort of a relapse. At this point, Deputy DA John Lewin offered to stipulate to the various conditions that Dr. Klein had detailed in his report, since it did not appear that the physician was offering any new information. However, Judge Mark E. Windham decided it was important to hear the doctor out. Thus, Dr. Klein proceeded to describe the conditions that we have previously reported on, including chronic lung disease, cardiac issues, esophageal gastric problems, as well as his preferred methods of treatment, which involve immediate hospitalization. DeGarren then asked Dr. Klein to lay out the cognitive issues that he believes would prevent Robert Durst from continuing to stand trial. Yes, now address the cognitive part, how his conditions affect his cognitive ability. In, in the medical record, it describes him as being cognitively impaired or deficient many, many, many times. I can give you a stack of papers I extracted from the medical record where again and again, it mentions his cognitive deficits. There's many actions he does that show that he's got cognitive deficit and he's declining. When pressed for an example, this is how the doctor responded. He he, he was found in the jail to have defecated on the floor of his cell and he covered it with his clothing. And that's not considered normal behavior. When Deputy DA John Lewin cross-examined Dr. Klein, he pushed back on the conclusions that the doctor has drawn. In your May report, you basically said you didn't know if Mr. Durst, he was uh, had such so ill that he had a limited life expectancy and you did not know if he could survive trial, correct? That's correct. Would you agree, doctor, that Mr. Durst, if anything, 
has gotten better in terms of how he has been able to understand the proceedings and participate during the trial. He's gotten better? Have you watched the trial, doctor? No, sir. Do you know anything about the fact that Mr. Durst participates, hands notes to his attorneys, tells them to object? Is that in any way going into your uh, decision-making process involving his competence? I think I'd better answer your question if I could read the notes. What he's writing, see his handwriting, see how much he understands about what's being said. As we've reported, Robert Durst has spoken up several times in the last few weeks of the trial. In one instance, Durst gave an impassioned speech in which he responded point by point to a series of accusations by the prosecution. Mr. Rowland is incorrect. I am not seeking sympathy from the jury. My head is shaved. This is the only kind of hair that I'm able to get in the jail. In terms of the, he talked about my in Galveston, the DA said I lowered my chair. I would look little. Everybody thought that was ridiculous. I put the chair in a height that was convenient for me. In terms of this whole thing about my seeking sympathy and trying to harm myself with my catheter bag, I have been doing everything possible to get the juror, to get the doctors at CTC to remove the bag. I don't want to have the catheter at all. This issue about emptying the bag is something Mr. Lewin is raising. I don't think it's meaningful. I would request the court, if the court can do so, to encourage the doctors at CTC to remove the catheter, since nobody is willing to tell me why I have a catheter in. Thank you, Your Honor. More recently, Durst urged his attorneys to object when his friend Susan Giordano was being questioned about her knowledge of his previous recorded admissions of physically abusing his wife, Kathy. So ma'am, I want you to assume that Mr. Durst has admitted to physically and emotionally abusing his wife, Kathy, on repeated occasions. We should be objecting. In addition to these utterances, we reported earlier this season that Robert Durst scrawled a letter to Judge Wyndham with a golf pencil in which he derided his attorneys, suggesting that they, quote, were experiencing temporary insanity or some form of collective dementia, end quote. Deputy DA John Lewin asked Dr. Klein how he can maintain his opinion that Durst's mental faculties have declined in light of this acerbic note. Doctor, are you aware that back in April, Mr. Durst wrote a note to the judge because he was upset about stipulations that were done and he accused his attorneys of having temporary insanity or collective dementia. Does that sound like somebody who doesn't know what's going on? I, I think you're agreeing with me yes. that he's, he's got cognitive defects to write such a statement. Oh my God. I think you just made my case. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to bet no, doctor, but, uh, but, but we'll, when, we'll you call, when you call your attorneys, I think it's a demented, um, and you write a letter to the judge, which I don't think is appropriate. You think that's normal behavior? You think that's normal cognition? Sir? What it shows is that Mr. Durst is readily engaged in his assessment of this case. I, I, I have no further questions, Your Honor. At this point, Judge Wyndham weighed in on the content of the note. Right. 
I mean, the judgment might be off, but the but the uh, the. Uh, see the letter? I mean, it's a uh, it's uh, it is uh, quite. The reasoning is good. The logic is good. Uh, the, it's the conclusions raw, but uh, but I think he's thinking, right? I mean, how can somebody, if he's so impaired, uh, pen such a uh, such a, a beautiful letter? Well, Your Honor, I haven't actually seen the letter. After Dr. Klein was dismissed, DeGaren succinctly reiterated his request. Mr. Durst is too sick to continue. He's too sick to testify. He's too sick to make the decision whether to testify. It's cruel and unusual for Mr. Durst to be put through this in his condition. You should put a stop to this. When Lewin had a chance to respond, he did so in his usual thorough fashion. Very briefly, Your Honor, we don't look at this in a vacuum. They've been making motions for mistrial for a year and a half for 10 different reasons, 20 different times. So what is very clear is Mr. Durst wants a mistrial any way he can get it. Number two, Dr. Klein's opinions go to Mr. Durst's overall health. It's a lot of could happen, might happen, could affect him, might affect him. Anybody who's been in this courtroom, and it's amazing to me that Dr. Klein, who's charging by his own admission $50,000, although when you do the math, it's over $100,000, has not bothered to observe the man in court. Uh, the, the court has had the opportunity. This is a person who's not getting worse. He's getting better. He is fully engaged. He is discussing things with his attorney. He's raising objections. He is engaged in this trial. What this is is not a request for mistrial. What this really is, is a request for Mr. Durst to get a go-home, get-out-of-jail-free card and never be tried again. Judge Wyndham is expected to make a decision before the defense opens its case, likely to happen on Tuesday afternoon. We will bring you the judge's findings as soon as they are announced. In the meantime, we will be presenting multiple regular episodes next week as the prosecution concludes its case against Robert Durst and as the defense calls its own witnesses, including Bob himself. That's coming up next time on Jury Duty, the trial of Robert Durst. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Please remember that you can receive alerts and news breaks on developments in Robert Durst's murder trial, as well as new episodes of Season 2 of Jury Duty, The Trial of Robert Durst, by subscribing now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, if you want to refresh your memory on where the prosecution and defense are heading with their arguments in the trial, go back and re-listen to episodes from Season 1. And head over to CrimeStory.com for in-depth coverage of the Durst story. Jury Duty, The Trial of Robert Durst is created and produced by Carrie Antholis. This episode was written and edited by yours truly, Brittany Bookbinder. It was co-produced by Alexis Nota Bartolo and Brittany Bookbinder. Music was provided by Strike Audio. 
Thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Robert Durst.